0: Money News, The Market Wrap.
1: It was pleasing to see that the US market lifted last night and our market gained the momentum from that. The is up 38 points to 7,458. It is the last day of February, the last day of summer, and that is the unofficial last day of reporting season. BHP up more than 1% to $45.20. Rio Tinto also up more than 1% to $116.73. But appliance white good and furniture retailer Harvey Norman, well, they came out today and said that their Australian franchise stores had more than a 10% lower earnings level from their shoppers than this time last year and they said that the rising cost of living has meant people are not spending as much as Harvey Norman. The share market reacted to that. Shares down 7% to $3.85. Cement manufacturer Adbry, which is formerly Adelaide Brighton, their shares today fell 7% to $1.71. They reported today its full year net profit fell by 12% to just $103 million. Adbry also scrapped its final dividend. But they did announce today that interim CEO Mark Irwin will now be in the chair and permanent boss until October. October 2024, biotechnology company Blast jumped 4% today to 98 cents. The business said its interim revenue did fall by 40% to US 3.6 million, but that was a better-than-expected narrow loss than a year earlier. Software company Nitro shares were flat to $2.18. Their full-year loss widened to 35 million US, but they said that was also better-than-expected. That the market also reacted to that. Nitro will not pay a dividend either. And regional and domestic airline Rex, well, they've bucked the trend by reporting these massive profits we've seen from some of the travel and flight companies, but they said that they just trimmed their interim loss from $16 million, and a year earlier, it was $36 million, and their shares were steady at $1.50. But to unpack more on what took place in the market today, I'm now joined by Evan Lucas, good founder of Money News and head of strategy at Investment Smart. Good evening, Evan. Hello, Scott. How are you doing? I'm going well. Busy night, but Australian yes. retail sales were also busy, lifting by one point nine percent in January, betting a forecast that most economists and I think even you might have thought it investment smart uh, at one point five percent. How did the stock market react to that in in, in a positive or a negative way? I,
0: I think they reacted to it. I mean, at the moment, are we going back to the old days of you know is good news, bad news, and vice versa? I. I think, look, it was a beat at one point. You know, the 1.9 was better than expected from 1.5. It shows that, again, that our spending remains quite robust in terms of the post-COVID era. We are still spending well and truly above pre-COVID levels. So the data also that caught my attention at the end of last week was credit card data out of Westpac and NAB, showing that we're still spending now. It is falling, I need to point that out, but it is still 8% above pre-COVID levels and the you know January sales tell you that. There's another part to it though, don't forget we had a really weird figure in December. We saw a 4% decline, but over the average of the last rolling quarters, we're up about 2%. So it shows even with that would be factoring in at the moment only eight, not the ninth rate rise that we've seen. Our behavior technically hasn't changed. So the market probably reacted relatively positively to it, But there's a part of it that goes, if we're still spending like that, if we're still happy to expand, even though it's slowing down, then rates probably haven't peaked yet either, unfortunately.
1: I think you're right. Uh, Now, let's talk about the tech sector. Now, I follow data center business next DC shares. had a good day today. There's WeBits also had a good day. Uh, Zero's recovering. Tell me a guide about what you're talking to your clients about tech businesses in what might be a peak of inflation, which we're hearing from the US, and potentially we're getting close to maybe the peak of interest rate rises in the next three to six months. What are you saying to your clients?
0: I'm still slightly agnostic, I think is the term, if I can be a little bit pompous and, bearish, and use it. Bearish. Yeah. And look, it's not that. Look, I'm a massive investor in tech. I have still got a very, very high exposure to the NASDAQ, even though it had its 30% decline last year. I'm a big, big believer in tech. But I am fully aware that in the current market and current environment, that growth and growth exposed sectors are going to struggle, even with what has happened right now, tech at the moment still makes me a little bit nervous because they're going to have to pay forward the debt that they currently have through higher interest rates over the next couple of years and seeing who gets through that and who goes by the wayside. It does have a feeling like, you know, when they sort it out, it's not the dot-com bubble, that's what I'm saying, but no. you, know, you can see consolidation. You can see you know the strongest getting through it you can i mean the, the thing that's interesting about tech and it always changes doesn't it scott i mean the moment all anybody can talk about is ai the 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 rise of artificial intelligence yeah. you know your chat gpt's your bings and what's going on in that space they are talking about this as the same level of what happened when search engine optimization came about so we're talking about mid to late 90s when not just google who is the one that actually survived but when there was over 30 of them i mean if you can go back to those days astra vista you you, you had yahoo you had all of those kind of players in that space and in the end we've got down to google that's why tech's always exciting because now we're getting to ai chat gpt is clearly the leading the charge does it be the one that survives good question but you know you look at what bing is doing that's microsoft you look at what you know google did okay it's failed at this point that's why tech's always exciting but right now I'm still very aware that tech has to use debt to fund itself, and that's quite expensive.
1: Correct, and of course, Evan, all of his comments and even the comments we make here on Money News yep. is all, always general in nature. advice. Uh, yeah. So now let's talk about Scott's refrigerated logistics today. Now that we talked to them on Money News in 2021, and they had some debt levels and some cost reductions, and you know they were under pressure then. Today they have gone into administration what does that mean for the market and what does that mean for other transport and logistics companies
0: it just shows you that costs are becoming ever tighter i mean in a margin like scott a business like scott's where it is quite tight you know they don't have the ability to be overly flexible with with what they do and then had rising costs they have huge amounts of overheads whether that's regulation insurance costs of drivers etc it's a tough, tough business. And, and not only that, you look at the logistics business listed on the ASX and reported. So you, it's not exactly a true logistics business, but you get it downer EDI. You look at Horizon. Yeah. You you look at those players. They yes. all told you something similar. Uh, well, well, labor, shortage, labor
1: shortage was a massive issue as well.
0: Bingo. And therefore, what they do have, they have to pay through the nose for it. Um, That's right, yeah. And then you, you listen to what they talk about, you know, the cost of actually – Running that business, the cost of transport, the cost of you know diesel is a huge issue for something like Horizon for obvious reasons. That that is where you know that really s- sort of thin to, to sticky margin with rising costs makes business tough.
1: Last day of summer, last unofficial day, and I say that with inverted commas because some companies will still report over coming to come. Uh, what have you learned? What have you what have been your highlight? and low light over the last, you know, 28 days in February.
0: So retrospective was good, forward-looking was bad. That's my really simple thing for you, Scott. And the reason I say that, if you have a look... The retrospective actuals for the first half of the financial year were above the street, and by street I mean analyst expectations. So you look at revenue; it beat the street by about sixty-two to sixty-five percent of the time. Normally, we only do about fifty-five to sixty, and on the earnings per share, it was about sixty percent, which normally is about fifty or even under that. So we beat expectations on the retrospective actuals. What was the downer was the forward-looking numbers. Yeah, uh, they either didn't give you guidance, or the no guidance, guidance they did yep. give you was poor or they are telling you that you know current sales in the new part of the financial year the second half are down so again discretionary between seven and twelve percent you look at bhp the you know the china revival hasn't come yet and that therefore they're, they're having to you know make different concessions on that fortescue Metals, same thing so it, that was more my thing is they are telling you that the slowdown is here they're already starting to see it you listen to the staples. I mean, the reason they did so well was not because of their business, but because of food inflation and their forward look is is not great. So, unfortunately, that's the way I looked at it. The numbers were really good. The dividends were good. But the forward-looking numbers are not getting me excited, unfortunately, to, you know, June 30.
1: Evan Lucas, InvestSmart, thank you so much for joining me this evening. Good friend of Money News on this Tuesday evening.
0: Cheers, Scott.